Welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast. Today, March 5, is Karl Marx's birthday. He was born 202 years ago today. Marx was evil. He created one of the most destructive and demonic ideologies in human history. Through communism and socialism, I mean, just look at Venezuela, Marxism is responsible for over 200 million deaths across time and continents. Lenin, Stalin, Mao, Castro, Che Guevara, Ho Chi Minh, they all imbibed the Marxist theory and destroyed their nations as a result. History proves that Marxism, in practice, simply doesn't work. In fact, it only destroys. Marx, Marxist-inspired communist regimes produced the greatest ideological carnage in human history, killing hundreds of millions of people, people made in God's image. To say capitalism has a dark side and that Marxism is its antidote is beyond my comprehension. Capitalism has never left in its wake this kind of carnage or this kind of dictatorial insanity. While some Marxist apologists claim it's unfair to blame Marx for all of this death and destruction, the very seeds of tyranny were there from the start, and history proves that Marx is indeed to blame. No Christian, for whatever reason, should ever quote Marx or use his theories in a positive light. It's antithetical to everything Jesus and the New Testament writers have taught us. Charity, mercy, and benevolence are commanded in Scripture, but we do them out of an abundance of love for God and a desire to honor Jesus and express His love for all. Marx wrote in the Communist Manifesto, I wish to avenge myself against the God who rules above. The idea of God is the keynote of a perverted civilization. It must be destroyed. My object in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. Well, guess what? Marx is dead and capitalism is still going. Marx is dead and Jesus isn't. Marx is dead and I wish his stupid ideology would die too. Sadly, Christian leaders like Tim Keller keep quoting him so often that they're legitimizing Marx's demonic ideas. They keep the horrible stuff alive and viable to a, ne- a new generation, a generation unaware of the heartache and horrors of Marxism. I had a discussion with a young man who was explaining to me the horrors of capitalism and the beauty of Marxism. He was sitting in a beautifully refurbished, expensive chair his capitalist parents had purchased for him to go in his beautifully refurbished home purchased for him by his capitalist parents who were hard-working business owners who provided for him regularly. I said, you know, you're a whole lot like Karl Marx. You're living a life very similar to his. You see, Karl Marx never had a job. Karl Marx wrote scathing letters to his parents, criticizing them and mocking them. By the way, his parents were capitalist, running a small business. And every single letter in his closing remarks, after saying horrible things to his parents, 
He always asked for cash, and they always sent him more. Marx lost all of his friends because of his taking advantage of their finances and borrowing large sums of money and never repaying. In the end, fewer than 10 people attended Karl Marx's funeral. When the Civil War broke out in the United States, Karl Marx wrote, I'm having sleepless nights following the start of the American Civil War. Marx wasn't troubled by the fate of America or its union or by the loss of lives or even because he felt it was a war worth fighting. Marx's concern was because the loss of freelance income that he was, was receiving from the New York Tribune. The New York Tribune is now the New York Times. And they bought his essays, his revolutionary progressive essays. But they had other things during the war consumed by matters closer to home, and they were no longer interested in buying an occasional essay from Karl Marx. And this is what was troubling to him, not the war. And that was Marx, a real revolutionary thinker who lurked in poor housing, not providing for his wife and children, and taking advantage of family and friends for for money and goods. Tim Keller describes Marx as a man who fought for the alienated worker. Keller says Marx had a lot to say about England's industrialized economy and the poor plight of the industrial worker. Apparently, Marx wasn't interested enough to step foot on an industry floor nor ever visit a single factory, though owners invited him on many occasions so that they could show him that their working conditions were excellent and not what he was describing in his critical essays both in London and abroad. In fact, scores of books and articles have been written about the many factories in England owned by both the Quakers and the Methodists, all of whom had good working conditions for their workers, provided literary literacy classes, which were called Sunday schools, and provided, provided many of the social needs of their employees, including hot lunches every day. Quakers and Methodists believed scripture commanded that of them. And Marx's criticism of the Industrial Revolution had nothing to do with personal experience. He'd never seen it firsthand, and he'd never held down a job. Though he was a father of five children from his marriage and one from out-of-wedlock relationship with a housekeeper. Talk about exploitation. Marx had seven children altogether, but because of the poor living conditions he provided for his family, only three survived to adulthood and one died at birth, and one was not named, and one was his illegitimate son. Keller writes in Every Good Endeavor, Plato saw our main problem as being the physical body and its weaknesses. For Marx, it was an unjust economic system. For Freud, it was inner unconsciousness conflicts between desire and conscience. For Sauter, it was not realizing we are completely free since there are no objective values. For B.F. Skinner, it was not realizing that we are completely determined by our environment. And for Conrad Lorenz, it was our innate aggression because of our evolutionary past. Keller goes on to say, each of these theories is really a story of what is wrong with us and what we can do about it. And each of these views of reality has been enormously powerful, influencing societies 
and fields of inquiry and work. When any one of these worldviews grips the imagination of a culture, it has a profound influence on how life is lived, even for those who do not accept the worldview. I'm shocked by that statement, because if every one of those philosophers that Keller quotes, every one of them is not telling a story. They're telling a false narrative. They're telling a lie. An old friend of mine posted on Facebook recently, chastising me for saying bad things about Tim Keller. She says, stop trying to demonize Tim Keller and other strong Christian people. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, that's the way of Jesus, not arguing about those who follow him wholeheartedly. Take a good look at yourself, Terry. Why do you need to denigrate those who are really doing a strong work for God? Insecurity, jealousy, a desire to make a name for yourself? Isn't that pride? Come on, Terry. Who do you think is following Christ in his ways? Celebrate those people. Why was my old friend so angry at me and not angry that Tim Keller quotes Marx? The Bereans were commended for holding leaders accountable and searching scripture to see if what is being taught is true or not. In every good endeavor, Tim Keller quotes Karl Marx 18 times, and all in all, in every one of those 18 times, he quotes him in a positive light. I wish I could just forget about it. I wish I could just sit idly by and not say anything when I read a book that is described as a Christian book for spiritual formation. I wish I could look the other way and act as if this is not happening, but I can't, because truth matters, and we have an obligation as the church to seek truth and to test the spirits to see if they are of God, and to check what we are reading and hearing in the name of Christianity. Does it line up with Scripture? Who are the writer's heroes? What are their sources, and who are they quoting? It matters. It matters for me. And for me... It's a fight worth fighting. Thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast. This has been Truth Matters with Terry Terry McCarthy. And I hope to see you tomorrow.